Disclaimer. All views expressed on this podcast represent the host and his guest and not the companies or agencies they are associated with. Welcome to Tony's Game Lounge, a bi-weekly podcast that covers everything in the world of video games, TCG, tabletop, and more. Here's your host, Tony14. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. We're back. Season 8 of Tony's Game Lounge is... It's official now. It's 2024, new year, new everything. I'm your host, Tony14, and joining me on this, we have returning guest... Hex speedruns. Welcome back, Hex. Thank you for having me, Tony. It's good to be back. Hey, glad to have you back. It's been quite a while since we last had you on. I think it's been over two years. That's crazy that it's like been that long. Yeah, that's wild. It absolutely is. And uh, well, since you're back, we have a whole bunch of new things to get into, including a brand new opening segment. Um, So just to give the audience a bit of a taste obviously if if hex was not a returning guest and he was brand new we would do the loading screen where they give us their favorite game character and soundtrack which go listen to the first episode with hex and you can find out all that info but we have a new a second opening one that we can now do called hot takes okay this is gonna be good i'm i'm almost uh known for my hot takes so i'm and, excited for this one yeah so uh which which is right off the bat what is your biggest what is your hottest video game take that you have okay so all right i i have two i have more of like a uh universally accepted one and then i have one that's kind of i might get a might have army of pitchforks and torches outside of my 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 apartment after this episode once they hear this Uh, i'll start with the first one so i'm gonna say that the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is a average Zelda game when you compare them to all of the rest. And I think Majora's Mask does everything that Ocarina of Time failed at. And I think that that game is infinitely better than Ocarina of Time. As much as people want to defend Ocarina of Time, say it's possibly the best video game of all time. I don't think that's true. Was revolutionary for that for their time. Mm-hmm. I can't deny that, but I think now it just doesn't hold up in certain aspects. Now that doesn't include now people are gonna. I know someone's someone. There's gonna be one smart Alec in the in the comments <laughs> or listening to this podcast who's gonna be like, "Oh well, you play randomizer all the time," but that's different. That yeah, no, it's absolutely no. I absolutely agree with that. Uh, like it's it's sort of how my hot take, which I'll, I'll kick off as well. My hot take, which you've heard, people have heard before. I think Mario sixty four is an awful game. That uh, I was actually going to go that route, so I'm actually interesting that it's interesting that you brought that that one up, Tony. Yeah, it's that is my hot take. Now, grant again, I will say, like, was it revolutionary? Yes, absolutely. But like again, to today's standards, and after even going back to it, it's an awful game. But like speed runs of it and challenges of it, I think are like the exception because the people who do that know have like been, again you you're seeing masters in their craft play that game and like how they can br- break it and like their everything that they do with it. But oh, definitely to definitely. the casual, it's an awful definitely. game. Yeah, and then my other one is I actually don't really like minecraft i'm gonna be honest i'm not a minecraft fan 
I mean that that's not that's not too bad on it. Like some people, you know, Minecraft's not for everyone. That's that's I not the worst one. I think it's one of the most overrated video games of at least my time. I used to play Minecraft a lot. I'm gonna age reveal. I, I was in fourth grade when it became <laughs> popular, which is probably whiplash for anyone listening to this. That's whiplash, <laughs> that's whiplash for me, man. <laughs> yeah, I can. I, this is the usual response I get. I'm not gonna lie. But, um, you know, I play the game and, and all my friends, everyone around me treated it like it was the best game since sliced bread. And in my head, I'm just like, this is the best game since sliced bread. Like, it didn't it didn't make sense to me. Like, I would just get bored of the game. Like, I'd play it, I'd play it. And then I'd just be like, guys, I don't want to play this anymore. And a good video game for me is one that can hold my attention for long periods of time. Minecraft for me just didn't do it. And that's fair. And that's totally fair. Uh, well, with that, that's our hot takes. Uh, so you'll hear a bunch more of those as the season goes on. Uh, I'm excited to hear what everyone else this season is going to say. See how crazy and wild it gets. But right now, we're going to dive into our headline of the week, which we can now go two weeks back as we're now bi-weekly. Every, we'll be covering things from every two weeks or, or so. Uh, there was a state of play from PlayStation on January 31st. And boy, did it have some hard hitters in there. Um, with the biggest one that people saw being Death Stranding 2 on the beach. Uh, we got a reveal trailer, and we know that it'll be coming out in 2025. Uh, Hideo Kojima's... I, this is like one of his next two, well, three big games that uh, we now know about. Uh, we have, obviously, Death Stranding 2, the game he's going to be working on with Jordan Peele, which I can't remember the name of that he talked about at the Game Awards. And then another game uh, that he uh, talked about, which is in here somewhere. Did I not put it in here? Oh, fuck. I did not put it in here. <laughs> uh, I can't remember what it's called, but he's working with, like, uh, like, like a fucking movie studio with this next game, and they teased the name of it. Let me go find this real quick, because I can't believe I forgot uh, what it's called. OD, so OD is the game that he's working on with Jordan Peele. Uh, Fizzent is the game that uh, he'll be working on, is the other uh, game that he revealed. It's going to be a action stealth type game sort of like metal gear solid and people are excited people are exciting because this is kojima going back to his roots with everything he now knows now so definitely exciting to see what physics will be uh because it could it, it could very well be the next metal gear solid game since uh you know original creator it's going to be um, interesting to see the aspects that are kept from the Metal Gear Solid series because, like, you don't want to make it a direct clone, obviously. Yeah, exactly. But... Yeah, it's good. so it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see for sure. Uh, we got a final trailer for Helldivers 2, which is out now. We got a whole full deep dive of Stellar Blade, uh, which is set for April 26. Uh, and then we got, which there were rumors about this, that it was going to happen. The trailer was going to be there. And uh, what first looks like, oh, Sonic Generations is going to be coming to modern consoles finally. Well, it's actually a whole other game. Sonic, uh, Sonic X Shadow Generations, which is set for a fall 2024 release where we're getting essentially an episode shadow like they did in Forces. But it's more than just that, where we actually, hey, Dark Doom's returning. From Shadow the Hedgehog. I, I'm i not going to lie. I think it's wild that they made Sonic X Shadow Generations. This game has been, uh, in my opinion, 
I, I, okay, this is going to sound very negative, Tony, and I don't want this to give off the the wrong kind of vibe because I'm very excited <laughs> for Sonic X Shadow Generations. I'm very excited, and when it got announced, I was I was very very happy. But they reported Generations, or they're going to make a new Generations game. Unleashed is still nowhere to be found. I mean, yeah, we don't even exactly. have Unleashed anywhere. Like, like I, I'm kind of surprised that they they didn't do something with Unleashed and they went straight for the Generations route. Yeah, so th- I think that just leaves like all the I would say the main Sonic games that you can access on like modern hardware and being like Steam uh, or like consoles, like without going without using like the console, like PlayStation Plus is like. Uh, oldies catalog or whatever uh it's very this is very much the like like unleashed is the only one now because you had colors get remastered you now have generations getting remastered like the only ones that like the only one that's like still like uh, you could say is modern that's like still on old hardware but it's because it was an exclusive is lost world but that was a wii u only title and even that one's on steam Oh yeah, it is on Steam. I forgot. Yeah, like that. even Lost World's on Steam. The literally, I they must have a vendetta against Generations or not Generations. They must have a vendetta against Unleashed. I I don't understand. Like, okay, sure, the Werehog leaves a little bit to be desired, but the game is fun. The modern levels are fun. I seriously think if they give another crack at it, if they do what they did, maybe they're just testing the waters with Sonic X Shadow Generations. And hopefully they might do something like that with Unleashed as well. I mean, I feel like Unleashed has the potential to be one of Sega's biggest hits when it comes to Sonic. But I don't know. We'll have to see what the future holds. We will. Uh, but Sonic Kick Shadow Generation set for fall 2024. I'm looking forward to it. I'll probably give it a play once it comes out. Dave the Diver will be coming to PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 uh, later this year, and it's going to have a Godzilla collaboration, which is the second major collaboration Dave the Diver had, with the first one being a collab with Dredge. Uh, So they just love throwing these giant monsters in the ocean for a simple man to defeat, which is awesome and funny. Uh, Then we got some huge Silent Hill news. Silent Hill The Short Message, a new kind of like PT-styled game, free is out now it's a free demo game essentially that's out now you can go play that right now on playstation 5 i think i think it's only playstation 5 i might be wrong about that it might be on ps4 too but it is playstation exclusive to my knowledge uh silent hill 2 uh the remake for that got a new trailer and that is set for this year uh we got a brand new trailer for judas which is from the bioshock creators we saw this two game awards ago so i'm excited that we finally got a new look at that Judas uh, isn't even really my style, but I'm still excited for that. I, like, I saw so the trailer excited. for it, and it looks pretty good. I'm so excited for this. I've been missing out. I've been missing a Bioshock type game, and this is basically going to be the new Bioshock. I'm excited for it. Uh, we got another trailer for Dragon's Dogma 2, which is set for March 22nd. We got a release date for Rise of the Ronin, and also some more gameplay, which comes out March 22nd as well. Uh, then we got a new VR title reveal for Metro Awakening, so a Metro VR game for those fans of the Metro series. And Until Dawn is getting remastered, which is most likely to coincide with the movie that the game is getting as well. And that was essentially all the major things that were shown off at the State of Play. Oh, and then they said, oh, hey, on February 6th, we're going to do a special Final Fantasy VII Rebirth uh, Direct. So tune in for that one. And we'll be getting into that uh, shortly. Uh, any final thoughts on the state of play? Um, I think the only thing that I really want to touch on is I like when 
they release kind of these demos that are free for everyone to play. I really like yes. that because it's it's a nice kind of thing where you can try the game out without really an obligation. And if you like it, you can spend money on the game. And if you don't, you know, nothing lost. I like that. Absolutely. Uh, well, with that, it's time for us to now dive into everything else that happened uh, these past two weeks and jump into the weeks in review. Recapping the major stories of video games and the world of tabletop, looking over recent releases and reports from the Game Lounge crew, it's the Week in Review. Uh, and starting off, some of the games that came out, uh, we had Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, which I uh, just finished recently. Uh, fantastic game, great entry. Uh, only gripes I have with the game is the ending feels like it's missing like a couple of things. But overall, really, really good. Uh, if I could want love, the one I love is my absolutely new favorite uh, karaoke song. Uh, and Honolulu City Lights is a close second behind that now. Uh, we also had Persona 3 Reload, which I'm currently playing. Uh, Suicide, Squad, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, which uh, has disappointed people immensely. Oof. Oh, no. Wait, I'm actually curious about that. Any, uh, any thoughts on your end why that happened? Everything they showed, like le leading up to this, the release of Suicide Squad, everything that they showed did not look great for a lot of people. It was kind of just very generic looter shooter stuff. And even then, they did that pretty poorly from what I understand. And also, like this is also what we thought was Kevin Conroy's last performance as Batman. Turns out it's not. Turns out there's like one more thing that he worked on where Kevin Conroy voiced Batman. And so... Thankfully, this isn't his last thing to leave his legacy with since Kevin Conroy passed away last year, I think it was. Uh, so, yeah, it just it did not do great. It's not Reviewers tore into it, even the players tore into it. Yeah, uh, that happens sometimes. You, you hit some, you win some, you lose some. You win some, you lose some. We also had Jujutsu Kaisen Cursed Clash, which... Came across some mixed reviews. If you're a fan of the show, you'll probably like the game. Otherwise, it's just another anime fighter. Uh, arena. Anime arena fighter. I don't think... It's not like side to side. It's like it uses the whole arena type thing. Uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Relink and Tekken 8. Uh, which Tekken 8 popping off. And fun fact about Tekken 8, if you did not know, the person who sings the main theme of the game, My Last Stand, is the same guy who's vocalized... So many songs from Phineas and Fern. <laughs> it's that's kind of hilarious. That's an interesting one. Yeah, listen. Whenever there's opportunity for work, you're gonna take it, I guess. True, but it's like it's like people made a playlist of like all the uh, Robbie Wyckoff. Uh, shout out to Robbie Wyckoff and uh, just 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 doing that. Uh, it's a great song, by the way. The opening for Tekken, I've listened to it. I'm like, oh, yo, this this goes hard. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of very funny that that's that's the case there. Uh, in video game news, starting off with uh, PlayStation Plus titles that came out uh, that are free for the month. You got Foam Stars, the new Square Enix Splatoon clone, which I'm gonna dip into soon. Uh, so I haven't tried yet, so I can't really tell you how it how good it is or not. Uh, Roller Drome, which is a great game that's now free to play for the month. And Steel Rising. Those are what you can play on PlayStation Plus for free. Uh, and then we'll get... And then uh, the Final Fantasy Rebirth State of Play. Uh, we got massive new trailers showing off a whole bunch of new stuff. A map showcase showing off all the new areas you'll be going to. 
uh, gameplay and stuff. And there's a demo out now. Uh, the demo is the uh, Nibelheim segment where you play as Cloud and Sephiroth. And uh, eventually, a little later this month, they'll be adding a second part to the demo where you'll actually get to do a bit of the open world activities. My uncle loves Final Fantasy. He's gonna he's gonna be really happy. If you're a Final Fantasy fan, you're eating good. You're eating good. After you're this eating one. good. Yes, uh, I'm absolutely excited to play this. I'll be playing this immediately when I'm done. Persona 3 Reload, which will be three RPGs back to back to back for me this year, which is uh, a lot of hours spent playing video games. Uh, in some layoff news, Microsoft had some massive layoffs. Over 1,900 employees, mostly on the Blizzard Activision side of things. This, however, has caused some issues with the FTC uh, because of the Activision Blizzard being acquired from Microsoft and saying that, oh yeah, they're going to be more independent from us. Well, this causes an issue since Microsoft are the ones that authorized this layoff, this whole layoff thing and not the heads of the Blizzard Activision side of things. So now they're now they're back in... I don't know if they're back in court, but the, the FTC is, like, taking... It's it's getting messy again with the whole Microsoft Activision Blizzard thing. It's almost like the deal shouldn't have gone through. But who's to say? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I actually haven't been doing a good job keeping up my end of, like, knowledge on this subject so it's interesting hearing yeah the, the uh, deal went through that. like it's it got approved it's officially microsoft owns them now but now it's like oh yeah but we're gonna be independent they're gonna be independent from us still like we're just kind of their overseer to make sure things they stay on track also we're gonna lay off a bunch of people wait you can't do that no well they can't just do did. that they, that, now that that's happened. Uh, also, on more layoffs, Eidos Montreal had a bunch of layoffs and had to cancel a new Deus Ex game that was in the works. Rest in peace to Deus Ex fans. God damn. Yeah, that's got to be disappointing where all this hype's built around this new game and then it just gets canceled. I feel like we don't... Uh, you might be able to, to attest to this probably more than I can, but I feel like we don't really see that often where games get canceled if anything they get delayed but straight if up anything they get delayed is... but straight up canceled it's usually yeah. because of how like a studio's layoffs like that's the only reason like a game gets canceled because they just don't have the workforce anymore that makes sense uh speaking of delays though <clears throat> homeworld 3 you know that one game at that one e3 that they're like <laughs> oh uh, what was it the gearbox e3 uh the, the one that had the borderland stuff they're like oh yeah homeworld 3 coming soon homeworld 3 coming soon well it's been delayed to may 13th now uh but it's still set for this year so i i, I don't think it'll get delayed anymore with a may release date now but uh, again skull and bones have proved me wrong in the past <laughs> uh overwatch 2 announced that they'll be having a crossover with cowboy bebop of all things uh, listen that that's an interesting one but i mean listen okay in my the way i view this kind of stuff is there uh, like overwatch 2 i i used to work at a pool with someone who played a lot of overwatch 2 and he just slanders the game he does not like it so i think they're trying to kind of you know just make it a little more fun i mean i'm again i'm not really a shooter guy but the stuff he was saying about overwatch 2 made it sound like one of the most unappealing first person shooters ever so maybe this is their kind of like i'm sorry present we'll see <laughs> possibly uh in probably the biggest story this week disney 
have been making waves, and they have now invested $1.5 billion into Epic Games. Uh, together, they plan on building an all-new games and entertainment universe that will further expand the reach of beloved Disney stories and experiences. The partnership, according to when I found the story, and there hasn't been any updates, it's still waiting, awaiting approval. This is really exciting. This to me is really exciting. I I need I need my Incredibles video game, man. I need <laughs> need it. I need Incredibles. I need cars. And this kind of reminds me of like this gives me Disney Infinity vibes. I had a Disney Infinity growing up, so you know this kind of it, it, it might might do what that project meant to do. That project, you know, I never. It was cool, but it 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 didn't reach its full potential. So I think Disney partnering with Epic, that's going to be a pretty big reach for disney and i think that's a good move overall and i'm just really excited to see what they're gonna produce i'm not trying to poo poo it i'm not gonna be like oh this is gonna suck like i'm gonna give it a chance yeah no like this is this is just a partnership like uh, unlike oh yeah we're gonna just straight up buy epic games this is a partnership so much different like it's a lot of fucking money like holy shit that's a lot of money that they're investing into this uh which only means one thing Mickey Mouse is about to clap some cheeks in Fortnite. <laughs> that's that's the other thing. Me, me and my boys when we run our uh, when we run our um, our trios and our squads, we're gonna be all decked out in some Disney Pixar. <laughs> exactly. In some uh, series news, The Last of Us season two has cast Abby uh, Caitlin Denver uh, will be playing her in season two. Uh, she's starred in such things as No One Will Save You, Booksmart, and uh, Last Man Standing, which uh, is that Tim Allen series. Uh, so she'll be playing Abby. And also, Catherine O'Hara from Shit's Creek has also been cast for season two. We don't know who she'll be playing, though. But uh, that's what they've announced for The Last of Us. Uh, in some random news of a game getting pulled for absolutely no reason, uh, so we have to speculate why, 2K has pulled Spec Ops the line from all digital stores. No warning or anything. It's just gone. That that's a that's, that's a bad precedent, I feel like. I don't know. That that Possibly, I'm not sure. I feel or about that it one. means that Spec Ops the line is getting a remaster. Uh wait. I guess there is two sides. I to me when I see a game getting pulled with no warning, that's scary, but also, you know, you you bring up a good point in uh, the potential of a remaster. Uh, Spec Ops: The Line, of course, being a kind of like a kind of like a cult classic video game of how it deals with uh, like war and shit. Um, so it could be interesting to see what exactly happens and why they did it. Uh, Alan Wake was added into Dead by Daylight, uh, and just in a fun fact, Persona 3 Reload and Like a Dragon: Infinite Wealth both sold over a million copies, showing great things for Sega this year so far. Uh, Henry Cavill is now heading up the Warhammer 40k cinematic universe, saying it's the biggest honor of his entire acting career. That's a big claim. Which is huge, because like, again, this guy played Superman, and this he's yeah. saying, that no, nah, this is the biggest honor I've had now. I, as we know, Henry Cavill is a massive yeah. fucking nerd. He, he, I, listen, that, that's one of those things, I, this is this might be going off on a tangent, but I think that's one of those things where it's like even these celebrities have interests, have you know hobbies, and I think it's cool for someone like him to get kind of something he's probably been dreaming about. So I think that's cool. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, 
In some stepping down news, Supermassive Studio founders Pete and Joel Samuels have both stepped down together after 16 years. Uh, they are now leaving Supermassive Studios. In a story that we covered last year, Gary Bowser is back in the news. You remember him, the Nintendo Switch hacker slash pirater, part of a, a hacking group that, you know, modified switches to get you uh, software and like you know, pirating games and shit. Well, he is now out of prison. He has served his time and has now begun his long repayment plan to Nintendo. And he has said, quote, the sentence was like a message to other people as uh, he now has to pay. I can't remember the exact amount, but it's a lot of fucking money that he has to pay to, N to Nintendo and he can barely afford shit that he has actually gone without like heating, cooling, refrigeration, electricity some months because of how bad it is. So this is a this is a reminder, don't pirate Nintendo games that are on their current hardware because Nintendo or to redistribute them because Nintendo will find you, get you thrown in prison and ruin your life. Yeah, this is a this is a very interesting one in my opinion because that this I you, you bring up the fact that he's been going without heating, cooling, refrigeration. Like, what does Nintendo have to gain from this? Oh, genuinely? this is this is this is them sending a message. This is Nintendo sending a message. I this is just I don't know. He see it seems like it it this random now, guy granted, just now, got granted, the, the guy. The guy did commit criminal offenses. He did. Like he, he did. like he did. But uh, I mean, he served his time. This this the rest of it feels like. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm I'm looking at this from only one lens, but it feels like this is a lot. Like, like he served his time, uh, but the the repayment plan to Nintendo just for me is just mind boggling. It, it's what they agreed on, and he agreed to it too. I think he could have taken more jail time, but he chose to take the lesser sentence and the repayment plan. Fair enough. That makes sense, I guess, if if it's something that that they agreed to. Uh, in streaming news, Pokimane has left Twitch exclusively. Uh, she has stated that she won't be taking any exclusive contracts and will be focusing on other ventures, including her podcast and some other things. Um, but she is no longer contracted with Twitch. She's no longer exclusively on Twitch. She'll kind of just stream wherever now, um, from what we gather. Good for her. I hope, hope she has some, um, positive, uh, I I don't know how to word. I hope that she has good fortune. I don't know. That that's a weird way to say it, but like, you know, I wish her nothing but the best and future success for her endeavors. It's exciting. Yeah. You know, yeah. when you stream on a platform for so long and you have this 10 huge years. Following, like it's been like 10 yeah. years that she's ha been like exclusively with Twitch. Like she it gets it gets tiring after a while and it's like you want to look for other things to do. You you, you want to find a bigger mountain. Absolutely. Uh, Konami has announced that Yu-Gi-Oh! will be getting a collection of the first Yu-Gi-Oh! games that ever released and includes some Japan-only titles in this collection. There is no release window for this yet. Uh, and lastly, because I forgot to add it in here, uh, we have some more Sonic news. Sonic the Hedgehog 3 has officially shown off its, uh, like, logo, and, uh, and, uh, Crush 40 has confirmed that they are working on some of the soundtrack for this. It's a good day to be a Sonic fan. It's a great day a to great be a Sonic day. fan. And another thing, Bentley Jones has been confirmed re is returning for a Sonic project of sorts. We don't know what it is, but Bentley Jones, the person who did Dreams of an Absolution from Sonic 06, 
He's working on something too with Sonic. Don't know what, but there's something. Uh, and that's uh, all the video game news. Uh, moving on to our live service game news, starting off with Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, Valentine's Day has started and is on now. You can earn yourself the heart hand emote where you make a heart with your hands and you shoot out a heart beam with it. Uh, so you can earn yourself that. Uh, in Battle Royale news, Apex Legends is doing a massive overhaul to the game for the new update, making shields no longer spawn as ground loot. Instead, uh, to upgrade shields, you have to go kill people and do other like do other things, but you can no longer find shields as ground loot. So, major overhaul. Don't really know how the people are feeling about that. Uh, and now, uh, we head over to our Hoyo-Ho, some mellow fellow, to see what he has for us in uh, Hoyoverse news. If you could travel to Liyue for this time of reunion, who would you most like to spend it with, and in what way? My name is Mello, and this is your Hoyo Report. The month of February is filled with content for everyone. What was introduced in version 2.6 is released just in time for Lantern Rite. Chenyu Vale is a place where the finest tea and mystery collide, featuring mechanics similar to Sumeru and Inazuma. The banner for February is the Cloud Retainer herself taking on her human role as Jianyin and Gaming, a guard during the day and a Wushou dancer at night. Flying higher than the kites of Liyue is the new version of Honkai Star Rail. If One Dreams at Midnight features a new journey in Panacani, the planet of festivities. The new characters Black Swan, Sparkle, and Misha are sure to rock your world. My name is Mello, and this has been your Hoyo Report. Thanks for that, Mello. Uh, moving on to our TCG news. Uh, starting off with Pokemon, uh, Temporal Forces releases March 22nd in the world of Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, for Master Duel. The Bond of Duelists event is on until February 19th, and the pack Indomitable Pride is on until March 8th for you to get some cards. In the TCG world, Phantom Nightmare is out right now. Battle of Legend Chapter 1, the box set, is out on the 23rd of February. Legendary Dex 2, the box set, comes out on March 15th. Speed Duel GX Midterm Destruction releases March 29th. The $399 Stainless Steel Egyptian God Cards will release sometime in 2024. Yes, you heard me right. $399 for the Egyptian God Cards. That is a lot of money. Legacy of Destruction releases April 26th. And the 25th Anniversary Priority Collection 2 releases May 22nd. In Magic the Gathering, Murders at Carlov Manor is out now. Universes Beyond, the Fallout set, releases March 8th. Outlaws of Thunder Junction on April 19th. Uh, Modern Horizons 3 releases sometime in quarter 2. Universes Beyond Assassin's Creed releases in July. Bloomborough releases in quarter 3. And Duskmorn House of Horror releases sometime in quarter 4. And in Disney Lorcana, yes! Uh, we are covering Lorcana now on the podcast because it's Doing quite well, to be honest. 
Uh, these are, just so people know, these are going off the retail releases, like full retail releases, not just the local slash Disney places releases. Uh, Into the Inklands releases March 8th. Set 4, which we don't know what it's called yet, will release May 31st. Set 5 on August 23rd. And Set 6 on November 29th. And lastly, in tabletop news, Tabletop Analytics reports that funding for tabletop game projects declined on Kickstarter in 2023. If those numbers are correct, it marks the second consecutive year of decline for crowdfunding giant in the tabletop category. As a result, the data shows individual tabletop creators earned 30% less on average for their campaigns compared to 2019, the year before COVID began. So, uh, yeah, board games on Kickstarter not been doing great, apparently. It's unfortunate. I I'm I like tabletop stuff, so it it, it just kind of sucks to see. Like it makes sense, but it just it, it you don't like to see it. Yeah. Um. So hopefully this will be the year it bounces back, but really, who knows? Uh. But that's everything in the week in review. Any final thoughts on any of those hex? Um. No. A lot of stuff to be excited about, and I think if you're a gamer again, you're getting good. Yes, absolutely. Uh, now it's time for us to jump ahead and see what games are coming out in the next two weeks. Here's what should be on your radar from February 12th to February 25th. From AAA titles, indie hits, hidden gems, and hot pieces of garbage, here are the games coming out that should be on your radar. And starting off, we have no releases on the 12th, but on the 13th, Banishers of Banishers, Ghosts of New Eden releases on the PlayStation 5, Series X, and PC. Dragon Quest Builders, Islands of Insight, and Lisfonga the Time Shift Warrior all released for PC. Ultros releases for PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. On the 14th, Arzette the Jewel of Faramore releases for everything, as well as Tomb Raider 1 through 3 Remastered. <coughs> Solomon Furnum releases for PC. Sucker for Love and Date to Die For also releases on PC. Titanic, A Space Between, releases for the Quest, which is a great way to spend your Valentine's Day. <laughs> On the 15th, A Little to the Left makes its way to the PlayStations and Xbox systems. Played Up releases on all oh, the consoles. Gunvolt Records, Psychronicle releases on everything. And Survivor Man VR, The Descent, releases on PlayStation VR 2 and the PC VR systems. Mar on the 16th, Mario vs. Donkey Kong releases for the Switch. And Skull and Bones, finally makes its release on the PlayStation 5, Series X, and PC. On the 20th, Madison releases for the PlayStation VR 2. Quomp 2 releases on everything but the Xbox One. Furnished Master comes on the PC. The Lost Legends of Redwall, the Scout Anthology, comes to the PC, PS5, and Series X. The Thaumaturge comes to the PC. And Warhammer 40k Chaos Gate Demon Hunters comes to PlayStation and Xbox systems. On the 21st, Last Epic, Terminator, Dark Fate, Defiance, and Myth of Empires all released for the PC. Slave Zero X comes out for everything. And lastly, on the 22nd, Open Roads comes out for everything. Pacific Drive comes to PS5 and PC. Sons of the Forest makes its full release on the PC. Railroot comes to PC. Corpo Nation, comes, the sorting process, comes to the PC. And Garden Life, a cozy life simulator, comes to PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Series X, and PC. And those are all the games coming out. And my god, 
this segment is going to suck for me going forward. <laughs> yeah, there is so much to talk about. There's so much more to talk about now that we're covering it. Like, again, this is a change with this going bi-weekly. There is so many more games to talk about. Uh, big ones that there are coming out. Obviously, starting off, Banishers, Ghosts of New Eden. That has been a game that's been shown off quite a while now. Uh, looks interesting. Looks neat. We'll see how it does when it does release. Uh, Lisfonga, the Time Shift Warrior, is one that I am keeping an eye on, though. I, I on it, though. Uh, this is the game where every time you die, uh, it's like a uh, what's uh, roguelike, where every time you die, that previous life continues on you with your new life, and it'll fight with you with how it fought uh, in that previous life. And essentially, it just keeps going like that. Very cool one to check out. Uh, obviously, uh, Tomb Raider fans happy. One through three getting remastered entirely. Uh, a little to the left. Cool little puzzle game if you haven't checked it out yet. And Play It Up finally coming to console. Hell yeah. Play, Play It Up, up is I'm really excited a, for. That's a great one. That's a great game. Uh, Mario vs. Donkey Kong for the Switch. People, you know, remaster a remake of a classic, I would say. Yeah, I played all of these games. I loved Mario vs. Donkey Kong. That was one of my like favorite series when I was younger. So that that one was a big one for me. I think I think I played Minis March again, the one that came out on the DS shop that was free, and that's that's the one I played. Uh, Skull and Bones finally, uh, the pirate game from Ubisoft, where they're like, oh yeah, we've now taken and expanded the. The sea, the sea battle combat from Assassin's Creed 4 and made it its own game. Well, it'll finally be out on the 16th. Will it be good? God, I hope so, because otherwise it, Ubisoft will be the laughingstock of the video game world. So let's hope for that. As for the second week, the 20th to the 23rd, no, not a lot stands out, really. Warhammer 40k for Warhammer fans, That's one, that one's cool. But nothing really stands out for the second week. Yes, some weeks you hit, some weeks you miss. It, it, you can't. They're not going to be like crazy games every week, so it, it's just kind of a rest week for everyone to kind of enjoy that first week. Mm, definitely. Uh, well, with that, it's time for us to now dive into our main focus this week. Here's what we're talking about this week in the Game Lounge. Conversations of past and future games, the state of the gaming industry, how big decisions affect gamers, and anything else that's important to us. Here's what's going down this week in the Game Lounge. And to kick it off, uh, we talked about it a little bit a little bit last time when we had Hex on, but now that I have finally played the games, or three of the games at least, uh, we could actually talk about it in a more deeper discussion. We're talking Ace Attorney. I love... Oh, the, Tony, I'm so excited. I could talk about Ace Attorney for forever, man. I love this series. <laughs> uh, so I, I think the best way to start it off is how did you get into the series, Hex? So it started actually when I was in middle school in a kind of weird way. I, for those who don't know, I played trombone in my college wind ensemble, and I've been playing for the last 10, 11 years, and my private instructor at the time we were playing video game music from the video games live performance i think it was volume three and one of them was the ace attorney series and we played it and i'm like 
this soundtrack's like really, really good. Like it, I, I love the soundtrack and I'm like, this, this is a lot of fun, but I never really got into the game until the summer before I went to college, which was the summer of, I think 2021. Yeah, it was 2021 that summer. My friend is like, dude, I just played this Ace Attorney trilogy and you got to play it. And I'm over here like, I don't really have interest in those kind of games. Like, you know, it's not for me. Like, maybe maybe it's cool. So he brings a Switch over and he's like, you got to play, you got to play. And I'm over here. I'm like practically rolling my eyes at this point. I'm like, I don't really want to do this. I'm a speedrunner. I don't play casual games. <laughs> and I play the first trial and I'm just playing and I'm like, I need to play more. Like, I'm just like, I, I got to play more. And so I did the first trial and we got into the second one and my friend had to leave. So I couldn't play the game anymore. So what I did is I pulled it up on YouTube. I watched the entirety of the second trial the next day while I was at work because I and I just could not put it down. And I, ever since then, I just fell more and more in love with the series as I played. Yeah, it's it's great. So I got into it uh, mostly because of what you came on the first time and talked about ace attorney and how i should play it i'm like you know what i'll give it a shot and i can't remember how long afterwards it took but i finished up the danganronpa series and then uh other visual novel games and then i finally got the trilogy and my god it was it's probably one of my favorite trilogies of all time holy moly these games are really good it is so like they it, it it's really simple. wows you. It's they're very simple. They make yep. you think, but they're and they're they're compelling. They are, and they they really do something that's interesting. It's it's they have this where the game is silly and serious. You'll see like games which they they're they're overly silly, overly serious. Ace Attorney knows when to pick its moments, when it to be really really silly, and when to really kind of just let the player be involved in the serious moments. Mm -hmm. One of the silliest things is that uh, Phoenix Wright is in Marvel versus Capcom three. That we need him in smash. We need him in smash. <laughs> we, we should have got him in smash. It's, it's a shame that he what, didn't get into smash. Honestly, I I'm going to be honest, Tony. I knew it was kind of cope from the start. I did not <laughs> think he was going to be in the game, but you know, a man can dream. A man can dream. Exactly. They can, they can dream. So what of all the games that Ace Attorney has, what is your favorite one in the series? Like um, I'll do wise. my favorite game and I'll do my favorite case. Oh, it says favorite trial next up. So yeah, so, I guess yeah, do you, you can care do if I segue right into it? Yeah, go right into it. Okay. So my favorite entry is actually going to be uh, the first one, the first game. And, you know, I went back and forth between the first game and the third game. But the first game for me is just a masterpiece because it still holds up today. Like a lot of the times when a, a series is really, really good, the first game doesn't hold up the more the series progresses. But time and time again, everyone's just like, oh, where do I start? Where do I start? And the first Ace Attorney game is just literally the perfect start because it doesn't overload you with the mechanics of Ace Attorney for some of the previous games, but it does just enough to keep it interesting and simple and have you wanting more. And I think it's also cool that they released the trilogy because it finally gives people a like 
out to play all three of the games because before you'd have to buy them all separately like some people don't it, yeah you had to it like was money. either you played the original one on the game boy and then you had to play the second and third one on the ds but then they remade the first one onto the ds as well and then the second trilogy was i think one the first one was on the ds and then the other two were put on the 3ds yeah so it was everywhere but now it's like they're all in one simple game trilogy and you can play it pretty much anywhere and so um and i just in my opinion the i've played the first game probably five six seven times because i'll get friends in this game all the time i think i've bought the game for like five or six people i i need to build an ace attorney army and i'll watch them play and it just never gets tiring so what's your favorite trial then so I've uh, I've definitely deliberated on this one with friends, with people who played the game. But my answer, I don't think my answer will ever change. 2-4 Farewell My Turnabout is the best Ace Attorney case they have ever produced. And it will not be beaten ever, I think. It's, it's literally the perfect Ace Attorney case, in my opinion. That's a good one. That, that one is definitely a pretty good one. That one... It's that 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 is, <coughs> that is definitely a good one. Um, I I will say like all the final trials in the the main trilogy are all really fucking good. Yes, yes. and um, it, yes. it's it's very hard to pick between the three. For me personally, my favorite entry is the third game, um, Trials and Tribulations. Yeah, it bridge is my turnabout is my absolute favorite uh, entry in the series. And honestly, my favorite trial is tough. It's between um, 1-5, which uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's the one where... It, uh, Rise from the Ashes. Rise from the Ashes. It's either it's either that one or it is the bridge turnabout, the bridge the final one in uh, uh, Trials and Tribulations, bridge to turnabout. Yeah, I think, you know, th- both those cases are just wonderful masterpieces and they're not bad by any means like don't get me wrong they're not bad by any means uh, but the reason why i lean towards 2-4 is because okay so honestly i'm gonna if we want we could we could dive in i'll put a spoiler warning right here if we want to talk about the specific uh we're gonna talk about specific details of multiple ones so here's your spoiler warning if you don't want spoilers uh skip ahead uh quite a bit but uh we're gonna uh, we're going to talk about uh, the trials specifically now. All right, continue. Yeah, so I think for me, the the thing with one five is it's just so long. Like it takes up it, the it same length long. of yeah. the trilogy, like of the entire first game, and that's not like really like a bad thing. But for me, it's just one of those things where two four has the same amount of thrill while being so much shorter. So I give the edge to 2-4, even though 1-5 is one of my favorite cases ever, and I will defend that case with every bone and fiber in my body. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, 1-5 is definitely long, especially, like, with 1-4 is, like, the technical final case of the game, and 1-5 is like, oh, no, it's the bonus one that was added on the DS exclusively. Uh, but oh my, but like it's like in between like one four and one five, I just I slightly give the edge to one five, uh, just because of like uh, the characters that they had, the impact. I think you're right, and the, the specifically the relationship with Phoenix and Edgeworth. Definitely. I mean, I I have kind of a little bit of a gripe with one four. It's just because the day two. 
uh, investigation and trial for 1-4 are probably yeah, and I hate to say this because it's not really that bad, but it's it was rather dull and I felt like it just dragged on for so long. Now, don't get me wrong, day 1 and day 3 are enough to make me love 1-4, but that second day and that second trial, it just felt like you could have squeezed it into a 2-day trial and to me it's just like Especially when I'm watching other people play, like I'm excited for the case, and then I remember that the second day of investigating and trial exists, and I'm just like, ah, like I, I, it seems like something we have to go through rather than something I look forward to. Well, who was the set? Well, who was on the second day trial for one four? So the second day of trial was when we were scouring the lake and we found the f- the empty photograph from Lada, but she wouldn't give it to us. What we had to do is we had to prove that Gordy didn't exist. Oh so it was right, a bunch yeah, of, the whole yeah. yes, good old butt. If oh, it stinks, it's probably, it's probably the, the butts. butts. <laughs> oh, and that it just it just feels so like side questy, but you. You have to do it to finish the case and like i kind of get it but also i i don't i i i'm not a fan of it you do get the metal detector though which does play a big role that's that's something at least and then with 3-5 for me it's one of those things where it's a very 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 good case but i feel like it's just it's it's not carried but it's helped out by the fact that it wraps everything up and it, it has it wraps everything up and it, all, it. it also you get to play as the best character very true that that part is awesome uh real quick who is your favorite character in the ace attorney series um my favorite character in the ace attorney series uh is this just from the trilogy or can i do any any game uh, oh let's do the first trilogy and then you can do and an, any game okay so I think from the first trilogy, I think my favorite character, I'm going to go Pearl, honestly. I think Pearl's perfect for the role that she plays. Pearl's a good um, choice. I, I think Pearl's really good. That, like, that's my, my favorite mainstay character. I mean, obviously, I think last time I said Edgeworth, that probably doesn't change, but I, I Edgeworth think is Edgeworth, all, oh, Edgeworth is my absolute favorite. I love Edgy. He, I, I feel like that's almost like a, okay, Edgeworth would win, so I have to pick someone else. Like, like in the back of my mind, I know Edgeworth is the best character, but my favorite character is probably Pearl. And then um, my favorite character in the entire series, I really, really like, uh, there's one person in the, there's one person in uh, Apollo Justice that I really, really like. And it's actually not Apollo Justice. It's um, I can't remember. I think. Oh yeah, it's Clavier Gavin. Okay, I'm like, I'm like, is it Gavin? Because from from the trailers, I'm like, Gavin seems like the the Edgeworth of that game. Yeah, and it's interesting because the dynamic played by Clavier is something where, and I don't, I don't want to get too much into yeah, into I, it because uh, you have not I, played I have it. not played the second trilogy yet. I will be playing it soon on stream as well. I'll be playing all the, those three games and when I've done that I will be playing the great Ace Attorney Chronicles as well because uh, I still haven't played those ones yet either. And I think the thing I like about Clavier is it, he's like Edgeworth but more fair. Like Edgeworth in the trilogy or at least in the first game will go through great lengths to hide the truth to just get his you, you see Edgeworth grow between yeah. in the three games. And I think um like if they were to do that again, it would be done to death, I feel like. So they made Clavier 
you can tell Clavier is someone who really cares about the truth rather than just getting a guilty verdict. And um, he doesn't make the game harder. Like like Francisca von Karma makes the game so much harder. Uh, Clavier is like the opposite of that. Like Clavier is someone who makes the game enjoyable. It doesn't he he's not there just to provide issues for Apollo. And I think that's that's a very valuable thing in a game where it feels like even the person you're against is not like this evil, horrible person. Like he's willing to work with you as well to find the truth. So he's like he's like the final form of Edgeworth, and you just have that pretty much the game. He he picks up where Edgeworth leaves off, which is nice. That's, that um, is and then he nice, also actually. has his own personality as well. He has good things to him, not just you know he's not Edgeworth too. He has a lot of things to him, and he he does play a big role in the story, which is another thing that that definitely is um that definitely is important. Him playing a big role in the story will be apparent, and he does have growth throughout the series as well nice uh as of recording this i do want to ask have you finished the second the apollo justice trilogy uh i have not finished the apollo justice trilogy however i have finished finished apollo justice ace attorney okay so you're you have five and six left to work on with the second nice nice uh i I, i'm just excited to play the games again when i do play them uh i plan on playing them next month because by next month my Real life work schedule should be back to a more normalcy that I'll be able to play them again. I'm just excited to play the games again, and it's awesome. And do voices for every character. Like, and that's the thing I like about um, playing visual novels is I get to voice all the characters. Because, uh, and then, but then, but then it gets to, oh yeah, there's the anime adaptation. How well did I do compared to who they decided to voice it? Um, first, have you seen the uh, the Ace Attorney anime? I actually have. I've seen it all, I'm pretty sure. As long as they didn't add any more episodes, I've seen the entire series. What did you think of the adaptation? I'm going to be real. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it because it gave me a more visual perspective of the games. Because, you know, when you do the visual novel style Ace Attorney, you're it's kind of just all in your head how everything works. And obviously there are pictures in it, but like some of the interactions that you don't see you know, you question like how do Phoenix and Pearl act when they're just like idle or when they're in something that's not shown in the game. And I think it's nice that the the anime does that. I've heard so many people dogpile on the anime. No, the anime is fantastic. Yeah, it's probably one of my good. favorites. Like, it's good. I'm not even an anime kind of guy, and I I loved it. But obviously, I'm I'm a huge Ace Attorney guy. So yeah, no, uh, it's it's great. They did a really good job. They the best episodes. I'm good. Not gonna lie, the best episodes were like. When you saw Phoenix, Larry, and Edgeworth as kids. Oh, yeah. That one was awesome. And especially the one where Edgeworth was in the mall trying to find... The, the, the um, dog. I think it was the dog. That That's one of those things where it's like, it's so good. And it's not something you see in the game. And watching the final episode of the trilogy is just like... Watching the final episode of the anime for the trilogy is just like... It you feel you feel feelings like it it does its job and it's just one of those things where it's like the intro especially like it gets such nostalgia from hearing the anime intro especially for the first season like it's so it it was something that kept me going especially when I finished the trilogy I I didn't have much more to play and it just was something that that kept me going for the game and it, I thought it was really cool and I think people are way way too hard on it yeah I I will say I did like the cha- the so. Some big differences that the anime made uh, was they put the first uh, Trial 2-1 
in season two because of Maggie Bird and how she plays in the third game uh, and the second game. I'm like, oh, where's that trial when I was watching season one? Because season one is games one and two and season two is game three. Uh, I'm like, oh, they skipped out on the tutorial. I'm like, I guess they didn't really need the tutorial trial in this one. But like, I'm like, oh, uh, okay, I guess that's fine. And then it's like season three opens with it. I'm like, oh, that makes so much more sense because it's Maggie Bird. Yeah, I really like that they did that. I think that's good for continuity. That was a good continuity one. And then they had they their own original trial in season three with the train. Yeah, I think that's another thing that's really cool. It's just like any new stuff for a game like that is is always, you know, welcome. And I think another episode that I really liked was I can't remember if it was Phoenix and Pearl or if it was Maya and Pearl where they went because Pearl like broke the bowl. Oh yeah, and, it was Phoenix and, and Pearl because yeah. Maya was no, out that somewhere. Was awesome. And then they're like, oh, let's go find a shell. And then they find Maya who's just there. And then they go get Robin and it's like, oh yeah, there's the shell. It's a no, bowl. That was awesome. <laughs> I loved that. It, it was great. I loved the series. And, I, and I'm hoping that the Apollo Justice trilogy gets an anime adaptation too. That would be awesome, and I would really like that, especially for the Apollo Justice game. And another thing about the Apollo Justice trilogy that I want to mention before we get to like other aspects of Ace Attorney is you. I'm hoping that you'll agree with me when you play Apollo Justice again. The feelings I got while playing Apollo Justice were the exact feelings I got while playing the first Ace Attorney game. And to be able to re reinvigorate those feelings is is a feat in and of itself and that's why i'll always be partial towards apollo justice because it made me feel the feelings that i had when i first played ace attorney okay I, i'm excited i'm just excited to to play them again i'm, I'm just excited I'm I'm, I'm 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 how did you react when the apollo justice trailer got announced T tony you would think i just won a million dollars from the lottery <laughs> tony you would think you would think i had just freaking got a full ride to university i was so happy i was working at the pool as a lifeguard during my summer job i saw it and i think it just started jumping around the pool man i was so excited that's that's uh, i love that that's you can awesome. even see on my twitter like I, I i i just posted like i just filled the freaking character limit with just capital a because i was so excited <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's great i i was excited when they announced it uh capcom definitely pulling out all the stops they're like yeah it's time to to we gave you the original three we gave you the japan only ones he here you go here's the remaining three uh except there's two games that are still uh not remastered and do you think the series will re do you think capcom will remaster the two edgeworth spinoffs or do you think we'll actually see a possible new Ace Attorney game down the in the future? I think what they're going to do. So I've thought about this a decent amount. What I think they're going to do is they they remastered the Apollo Justice trilogy. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six. The Great Ace Attorney doesn't need a remaster, in my opinion. So all they have left is um, the investigation games. I think they'll probably eke out one more investigation for Miles Edgeworth, and then they'll trilogy that one as well. I think that's not bad. I think that it might be like where, because again, the investigation series hasn't had a new entry in how long um, with one and two. And, and the second one was Japan only as well. So I think 
if they I don't I don't know if they'll do a trilogy for this one. They might just do investigations one and two, uh, re remaster and pop it out like that, uh, and then. But do, do you think they're going to do a new Ace Attorney game at all, or is it with this remaster with the six games? Have it done? I think they they'll eventually they'll bring one back. Uh, they'll they'll do an Ace Attorney seven. It's going to happen, and you know maybe that's just the optimist in me. But I think they they have so much that they need to wrap up. There there are so many loose ends in the series, so many questions, so many things that we're just still curious about. They got to do it, and I I think they will do it. And my hope is that they will make an Ace Attorney seven. But I hope that it's not too soon, so I can finish everything and enjoy that game. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I I'm hoping for a seventh Ace Attorney. I I definitely am. Uh, let's just uh, let's just uh, hope that Capcom can one day deliver it. One uh, one more question for Ace Attorney: What was your favorite plot twist in the entire series for the trilogy, at least? Oh God, um, that's a good question. Uh, I think the uh, oh, what's his face? The Matt. Uh, yeah, Matt on guard. Is that his name? Yeah, Matt on guard. That that whole twist with him was definitely probably one of my favorites uh because i wasn't expecting it it was like well i think yeah the game does such a good job with with misdirection of expectations especially because you literally use the magatama something that you have okay big spoiler warning big spoiler warning here i'm i, I know we already gave one but i really don't want anyone to be spoiled by this so if you're listening and you have not played farewell my turnabout skip ahead please please don't spoil it for yourself don't be like me <laughs> um, you use the magatama and you're like okay you know it, did you kill did you kill Juan Carita? And there is no Cyclops that appear. And, you know, you're like, okay, he can't be the killer. And so you you have that as your safety net for everything. All the suspicion, everything. You're like, he can't be the killer. The Magatama didn't go off. And so when he finally reveals himself, you're just like, these these emmer efforts they swindled me man like you knew you you feel like betrayed and that's exactly how phoenix is feeling at that point your client is guilty this is the your, first your time ever guilty, where but your client is, is guilty and, it's, and your back is against the wall too because maya's been captured by this yeah. this dude as well and i another i this is again a side note i love how when uh phoenix and pearl end up going to Madangard's residence the room that maya is held captive in is literally right there but you can't do anything to get her out yep <laughs> cool i love it i love uh, it i love it tony i love it it's good uh is there anything else you want to add before we move on to our second topic of the day um trying to think in regards to ace oh um I think before you play Apollo Justice, the fourth case in Apollo Justice is one of my favorite cases, and I think it's the most overly hated case in the Ace Attorney series. Um, I will defend Turnabout Succession with everything that I have, and I'm I'm really looking forward to you and other people to play it, and I will always love to hear your reaction, and anyone listening, if you want to talk to me about any Ace Attorney ever, I'm always here. All righty, good to know. This is a public service announcement for all users in the virtual realm. Are you tired of your friend's terrible taste in memes? Do their jokes make you question your life choices? Well, fear not, because help is on the way. Introducing the Meme Rehab Hotline. 
Dial 1-800-NOT-FUNNY, and our team of certified meme therapists will guide your friend through the path of humor recovery. We specialize in treating dad jokes, cringeworthy puns, and even outdated references syndrome. Our therapists have a success rate of 99.9%, and in just one session, your friend can be on the road to meme redemption. Act now and save your Discord server from meme disasters. The Meme Rehab Hotline is standing by, ready to rescue your friend's sense of humor. Remember, a meme saved is a laugh earned. Uh, well, with that, it's time for us to move on to our second topic, which is a topic that we cover, I guess, semi-regularly here. It's burnout, the effects of burnout, uh, and how to deal with it. Um, so, starting off, have you felt burnout recently, Hex? Um, let's think about this for a sec. So, recently, it just depends kind of what you define as recently. For me, I have experienced burnout recently. My burnout started around... I'd say I'm trying to pinpoint the exact time. My burnout kind of started in um, January of 2023. So about a year ago. That's when I've really felt the first instances of burnout. And that was kind of hard for me because I have been streaming regularly since um, mid-2020. And I was always just so motivated so excited. It was the thing that that kept me up. It was the thing that got me out of bed. It was the, the reason I went to bed, woke up. It just was the, the reason why I planned everything around streaming. And just to kind of have that happen and then to go from that to burnt out, even thinking like, is my time with streaming just done? Like just because due to the burnout, it's one of those things where it's like, it's such whiplash and it's so different from what you've been feeling so far. It just, it, it's such a strong punch in the face of emotions and that's when the burnout started and then ever since then it's kind of on and off um, and i'll obviously discuss more as the segment goes on right um so i i, I actually have uh, recently felt burnout too uh believe it or not it's uh it was last last year um mine specifically i can give details it wasn't streaming it was with dungeons and dragons I, uh, for those who have been like long time listeners, um, people know that I've brought on like my entire D and D group on like one of the earliest episodes of the podcast. Uh, so I've been DMing that for what was it? It was like three, four years at that point, three years. Cause we started in 20, no, we started in 29. No, we started 2020. So like three years DMing this massive campaign that, to, that basically we finished campaign one, did campaign two, and we were into campaign three. And it was just starting to drag for me. And specifically, funny enough, it was Dungeons and Dragons combat that was doing it in for me. I just could not do the combat anymore. And I was starting to feel burnt out because of that and building things and whatnot. And I canceled the, I had to just kill it. I killed the campaign because I was mentally just not there anymore for it. Uh, which was, which, it was rough, and it's also you're probably like, well, why did? How come you never played Baldur's Gate three? Arguably one of the best games of 2023. I was so sick of D and D that I could not even like. I did not want to touch Baldur's Gate three. That's why, and that's why I'm probably not going to touch Baldur's Gate three for another year or two. I'm just so done with D and D. No, that's fair enough. I mean, yeah, especially when you're you're like so passionate, you do something so. I mean, D&D &D takes a lot of dedication as well. Like, 
doing that for extended periods of time can just you just get so sick of it and it sucks because it's something that you enjoy like yeah it's something that i enjoy something that you enjoy and um that's just so kind of a like anyone who does something like that for a long period of time that that's a very relatable experience for for a lot of people but i feel like not a lot of people talk about it or some people try to pretend like it doesn't exist um and you know for me before i experienced burnout for myself i couldn't really understand it for other people because of just how like i felt i thought everyone felt the same way and that i learned that to not be true and now you know i'm kind of in the position where i i was the one who was burnt out and people are like how does this work like what happened and i'm just like dude i wish i could tell you i i'm still <laughs> figuring it out myself yeah um, yeah. yeah so, so i'm going to i'm going to i guess i'll i'll go into like i i kind of left out like what led to the burnout yeah what so led I'll, to it so i'll probably discuss that um so for those who don't know i am a mario speedrunner i'm a mario speedrunner sonic speedrunner I speedrun a lot of games. I speedrun a ton of stuff. Uh, I've done some Zelda. I've done some Mario. I've done some Sonic. I've done, um, you know, stuff around there, stuff adjacent to it. And but for the longest time, my main speed game, which technically it still is, is the 3D Mario's, Mario 64, Mario Galaxy One, Super Mario Sunshine, Super Mario Galaxy Two. Those games are, are comprised. Uh, they they make up the 602. The Super Mario 602 is a biannual race that happens uh, every year, twice a year. And so what that does is it's uh it's 100% of all those games and it is around 20 to 24 hours long, somewhere in that range, depending on how good you get, depending on, you know, how good you are at Mario. That's kind of the range that we're dealing with 20 to 24 hours and for the longest time i've done seven of these races this next one it's coming up in i believe july that's going to be my eighth 602 that's a lot that is a lot of 602 and the way it works is speedrunners for the 602 will always prep you you will you will rarely find someone who who does a 602 without prepping some people will do it more power to them i'm not that kind of person my friends are not that kind of people we all will prep and that prep can last anywhere from uh, one month out to anywhere from like three months out and so that's a lot of prep and so when you think about that three months out for a race that happens twice a year you're doing six months of hard prep per year that only leaves you for six months of doing other stuff besides speedrunning that you might like to do. Not to mention, I'm also a full-time student, and I have other obligations that I like to do as well. So balancing that out, as school got harder and as I kept improving in the 602, I would have to do more prep, put more time in to get better, to uh, keep you know getting better and evolving in this race. But as I got better, I noticed I needed to sink more hours in and I didn't have that luxury. I'm a full-time student. I need to focus on my work. I need to focus on my health. I need to focus on all that stuff. And I just simply don't have that time to put to practicing four games. Staying proficient at four games year-round is hard. Some people stay proficient at one game year-round and it's hard. And and you know, again, more power to those people. And I'm not I'm not discrediting anything that they do at all but it is hard 
And any speedrunner will tell you staying de-rested, staying proficient is is not easy. And to do that for four games, all with unique movement, all with unique levels, all with different challenges that prevent that present themselves, it it is just it's rough. And so my PVs got to a point where I'm hitting my goals and I'm thinking like, okay, how far do I want to push this? And I'm getting to the point where I don't want to really push it that far much anymore. Like I'm reaching my goals, but I still need to improve, but I don't have time to dedicate to practice. So I can't improve, which means that I, you know, will start doing bad. And it's just this vicious cycle of you try to improve, you put these hours in of practice, but it's not enough to the point where you can keep getting good or getting to where you want to be. And it's, it, it leads to you just not even wanting to touch the games. And it just for a while, it's just in my head, I'm just like, you know, I'm wasting my potential because for me, I was always the the fastest, like one of the fastest improvers. And I was also, I'm pretty consistent when it comes to uh, speedrunning Mario during the race. Like I would always be playing really close to my PBs, be playing really well. And it just got to the point where um, I just didn't even want to play the games anymore. Something that I had done for so long just wasn't cutting it anymore. I wasn't getting joy from it. I wasn't feeling good about Mario. I wasn't feeling good about speedrunning. And sometimes I wouldn't even feel good about streaming. That's a whole nother ballpark of just streaming and the growth that's there. And combining that with speedrunning can be can be rough. And then not to mention as well, um, you know, competition is fun. But dealing with some people who maybe um, – and thankfully, I have not had to deal with this. I'll preface that I have not had to deal with this from any of my friends or anything like that. But, you know, everybody talks outside of – and everyone, you know, everyone has an opinion and everyone says what they're thinking. And then just like when you take some time off and then people are starting to like talk about it and be like, oh, he might not have it this time. It's like it, it, it adds on to it. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't help matters by any means. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's definitely it it varies and it, it's rough at times. Yeah. So, what have you done to help deal with the the burnout? What have you done to help uh, get get out of the burnout? I guess to burn up, <laughs> burn in, burn in, <laughs> burn in. Yeah. That's actually, you know, that's an interesting question because for the longest time, you know, I would have, you know, even when I really liked streaming Mario, stuff like that, like I would just have days where I just didn't play Mario for one or two days and then I'd come back instantly ready to keep going. Yeah. But unfortunately, with that recent stretch of burnout, how, how long didn't did happen. it last, by the way? You said it started in January. How long did it last uh, till? I'd say it lasted somewhere between... I'm going to just say, like, to, to simplify matters, I'll say burnout with the 602 games because that's the one that's easiest to track. Um, that burnout kind of lasted probably like three, four-ish months, which it's a long time. Um, and so that so what, what eventually ended up helping was a couple of things. So I really kind of just had a come-to-Jesus talk with myself um, for those who don't know what that means, it's just when you sit down and you just really kind of introspect and just think to yourself, like, what's going on? What do I need to do? 
along with that, I, I had issues with school and some issues with stuff in my personal life as well. And I eventually got that sorted out, got therapy, um, started medication for stuff going on in my actual life. And that translates over to speedrunning as well. Because if your actual life is not in order, good luck trying to dedicate time and reserve mental uh, solitude for the stuff that you're passionate about and your hobbies. It, yeah, you, it, it you can't be the work. best version of yourself if you're not taking care of yourself. Yeah. 100%. 100%. That, that's, again, very like exactly what you just said, Tony. Like You can't expect to perform at the level you want to perform if you're not taking care of yourself. And that's something that I realized. I realized like I'm not taking care of myself. I need to if I if I want good things to happen to me, I need to allow myself to be ready for those opportunities. And so what I really did is I just thought to myself, I'm like in my head I'm like, you know, I'm over here trying to be good. I'm trying to to cultivate an audience. But in my head I'm like why why did I why do I even do this? Like what started this for me? And it was just fun. Like and that's something that's like, oh yeah, well, you know, fun is so like w- like improving is fun, speedering is fun, willing winning is fun, stuff like that. But the thing that for me that I just loved about this is meeting people and just streaming while being in call with my friends. And I had realized that I had separated myself from the environment. And while I was still doing speedrunning, I removed all of the things that made it fun for me. Calling with friends, just enjoying playing the game, um, having a chat that I really look forward to reading, having streams that were just fun overall. And I realized that me trying to get better with removing the things that I thought were a distraction or that I thought were not good for me or my improvement just made me not enjoy the thing that I've always loved. And it made sense because it re- I removed the parts of it that were really important to me and that kept me going always. And so I decided I'm just going to go back to being on call with my friends, having fun, just playing the games that I like. And along with that, just taking breaks as needed and doing stuff that was other than Mario, other than the 602. I started doing a lot of Majora's Mask, started doing some more Ocarina of Time randomizers as well. And I would start to speed on other games. I did I did Sonic Frontiers for a little bit. I mean, that was a, a short era, but um, <laughs> you know, I did Sonic and just doing other stuff as well and realizing that if I'm always doing prep three months out for the 602, I'm just going to burn myself out. And I see other people doing prep from so far out and they're improving, yes, but but when it comes time to perform, you're so exhausted and you're so tired mentally from all the all the trials that come with being a top-level speedrunner that you just can't perform when it's time and you're just exhausted and it leads to results that you believe are below your potential or not as good as you can do. And that's not because you're bad. It's not because you don't have the skills to get it done. You've proven that you have the skills to get it done, but you're just so burnt out that when it comes time to perform, you're less inclined to do the best that you can do. So what I did is I limited my prep from no more than a month and a half out from the 602. And what I did there is instead of spacing my prep out so that it was uh, longer, I had less time to prep, but the quality of my prep was a lot better. I was able to improve in games I didn't think I would be able to improve in. 
and I was able to get it done in a shorter amount of time, but consistently in that shorter amount of time, rather than allowing myself three months to prep and then getting burnt out and then not getting anything done. And so I think that difference of approach was really nice for me. And it, you know, it ended up working out. I ended up getting my goal that summer in the 602 race. I got a 20 hour time, which I believe has only been done, at least now it's only been done like 10 times. But at the time, I think I was just eighth place overall in the 602, which is really, yeah, it's one of those things where, um, you know, obviously for me, I, I know what I'm capable of and I know that I, it's just the start for me, but I was proud with how far I've uh, gone in just such a short amount of time, given the things that I was dealing with, given all that, getting that goal for me was very, very important. And that's how I really overcame that burnout is just changing when I knew there was an issue and just remembering the reasons why I like doing what I like doing. I mean, you know, speedrunning is fun, but that's not all. It's not all about the game. It's not all about the time. It's about the people you've met, the friends you've made. And just if you remove that, you're just going to tire yourself out. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and it's just keeping those uh, practices in place to just help prevent future burnout, really. Mm-hmm, definitely. And, you know, it taught me a lot because... um. Uh, the next 602, I didn't prep much at all, given just because I had my hardest semester of school. I had so much going on, but I kept the good habits that I had cultivated from that previous experience with my burnout. And it made it so that, you know, there was burnout, but it wasn't as strong as um, as the times I had before, just because I had gone through it. I knew what to expect. And it was and you had the because, methods to help deal oh, with yeah. it. And it was interesting because that was the time the 3D Mario Madness tournament was going on. And I'm going to, I'm going to sidetrack into this because this, this kind of plays a little bit of a, of a role of a little bit of, um, of backstory for the burnout and stuff like that. In that tournament, it's interesting because it, what it is, it's, it's all 3D Mario games, any percent, but the match is decided by the spin of a wheel. So there's an element of randomness to it as well. And what they did is they had an LTA. Are you familiar with what an LTA is, Tony? Uh, limited tech. Oh, God. It's limited tech assisted. Close. It's it's stands for lifetime attack. Oh, okay. And so what an LTA is, I'll explain for people listening, is you have a set amount of time. Everyone comes in clean slate. Your previous PBs don't mean anything coming into this LTA. And so what you do is the times you achieve during the LTA are the times that count for your seating. And I went hard. It was a 12-day LTA, and I think I was doing runs probably every day. Probably every day for hours for those 12 days. And I ended up getting the sixth seed, which is really good. Um, Six seed out of like 40-something. And that was really good. And it came time for the actual tournament because this, that was just for the group stage to see what groups you would put in. And I get into the match, only 24 people qualified. And the sixth seed, I dropped my first match to the 23rd seed. And, you know, all credits to them. They played amazingly. But, you know, in my head, I'm just like, 
I'm just like all that work, all that effort just to drop my first match was just like, I started to feel the same feelings from the burnout come back. And it's just like, you know, why do I even do this? Like, what's the point? And, you know, it's one of those things where I diverted from my strategies that had helped me before. And I really felt like I, you know, I ended up, I ended up feeling the consequences for it. I ended up suffering the consequences for um, diverting from the, the the good habits that I had made before. And thankfully, this story has a, has a happy ending. I end up rebounding. I take another loss, but to uh, a very good opponent. And I end up winning my next match. And I get to the tiebreakers. I win in the tiebreakers, qualify for qualify for the actual tournament, and I win the first match that gets me top eight. And that was, you know, another one of those things where in this instance, the thing that helped me out was I had taken that loss, you know, it almost kind of felt like it was off my shoulders. Like one of those things where it feels like, you know, you have all this pressure going in and once you take that loss, uh, you know, it's off your shoulders. Like you've lost, the pressure's gone. You don't have this fear of getting upset when it actually happens. And that is another thing that, that helped me is like, okay, I took that loss. I can just enjoy myself now. And that's one of the things that I, I tried to make with the burnout is like, you know, don't be afraid to take risks. And if you fail, like just enjoy the process afterwards. Yeah, no, definitely. You definitely grow. You definitely, after a burnout become like, because, because of like how you get out of it, you become a better version of yourself. Afterwards. Oh, definitely. Like, it's not like there is like, well, you may feel bad at the time, afterwards like in the in the back of the mind you should be like after this is all said and done i'm gonna be a better version of me and that's like kind of exciting a little bit definitely you know adversity builds character it 100%. does 100 it absolutely does uh i'm still definitely uh going back to my dnd i'm still definitely in the middle of that like my dnd burnout like i don't know how long mine will last but I know that when it's done, um, and I've told my my friends that I play D and D with, when it's done, I'm going to give them the One Piece because I'm going to make a a whole like pirate themed campaign. Yeah, I think um, you bring up a good point, actually, uh, and um, it's just you're letting it's letting it run its course. You're not trying to go back too early. And that's something that's very important. Um, there's no telling how long a burnout session yeah. or a burnout feeling can last yeah, and trying you, to you rush yourself wanna, back you, into it. You don't want to rush it. Cause yeah. I, I did rush it. Like it, like I, I was feeling the burnout when I was still doing it. And I'm like, oh, I'll just take like a couple days off. And while it helped a little bit in the short term, it did not help in the long run. 100% like you you get exactly what I'm saying like rushing it's just gonna make it worse and that's I think that's something good that you realized but um you know that's something for everyone dealing with burnout like take as much time as you need if you need if you're like a competitive speedrunner or a competitive fighting player take some time off events because trying to push yourself for these events coming up will end up just doing damage to you in the long run especially if it doesn't go your way and if you have the same feelings that I had. Like it just, it doesn't do, it doesn't do you any favors at all. And I think just letting it run its course and then eventually, you know, you'll work your way back up to, you know, let's give it a try. And then once you go back in with maybe a new perspective or maybe a new, uh, new and improved situation, you really feel the joy that you once felt with the hobbies that you have always enjoyed.
Yeah, definitely. It, yeah, it is going to vary from person to person. It may, while it may take one person a couple days, it might take you months or even years, a year or so, even more. Like it might, but it, it'll be what it's what you need. Like it, it, it'll vary. Like yeah, don't expect it to be a couple days, <laughs> unless it is only a couple days. But in which case. Congrats. Congrats! It only took a couple days, but I, I mean, going it don't ne never expect it to be as long as short as you might think it might be. It'll it'll probably be longer. Just don't don't rush it. You never I should. agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else you want to add before we jump into the bonus level hex? Um, I don't think so. I I, I appreciate you letting me talk about this kind of stuff because I feel like it's the stuff that plagues a lot of people. And I think this will help for anyone listening who has had struggles with these that know that they're not alone and other people have felt what they're feeling as well. Yes. And even though we're not exactly medical professionals to help uh, give you like a super advice or whatnot, it's always nice to hear it from like real people who have gone through it themselves. So thank you for that, Hex. Uh, with yeah, that, anytime. With that, it's time for us to start closing things out and dive into the bonus level. Crazy lists, great deals, and recapping gaming history, it's all here in the bonus level. And starting off, we got this week in gaming history, uh, starting off with some of the major events that happened in the past. Uh, here's what we got. Uh, 2007, on February 12th, Microsoft launched the Xbox Live Rewards program. On, in 2004, on the 14th, Nintendo released the Game Boy Advance SP in classic NES controller style colors in Japan. So that was a great Valentine's Day gift in 2004. <laughs> On the 16th in 2000, 2000 uh, Tokyo, Japan, Sega released the DreamEye digital camera for the Dreamcast. And in 2002, on the 22nd, Microsoft released a special edition Xbox in Japan, that the system featured smoke black translucent case, high definition AV pack, and a keychain embossed with Bill Gates' signature. It cost roughly $300 US. And games celebrating some birthdays this week, uh, these upcoming weeks. Uh, on the 12th, Sonic Advance 2 turns 22. On the 13th, Marvel vs. Capcom 2 turns 21. On the 14th, uh, Twisted Metal that came out for the PlayStation 3 turns 12. On the 17th, Street Fighter 4 turns... Oh, God. Doing math. It's like all of those other ones were easy because it's easy numbers to get divided by 24. Uh, it came out in 2009, so that makes it 10, 11, 15. 15! Street Fighter 4 turns 15. And on the 20th, Sonic and the Secret Rings turns 17 years old. 17 years old? Oh my that god, game. you're right. Oh my god. 17 years old, Sonic and the Secret Rings. Oh, and uh, 18 years old on the 21st, Sonic Riders. Not bad. So those are your game birthdays that you can look forward to. Uh, moving on, we've brought it back. Top 5 is back, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, tying it back to Ace Attorney, top your top five Ace Attorney characters in the first trilogy. All right. All right. Uh, this is going to be interesting because there's so many good ones. I think number five, I'm going to put Phoenix at number five. Uh, I feel like it's kind of a cop out to put Phoenix any higher just because he's the main character. You see all of his thoughts. I think he's just overall a good character. 
But for the sake of fairness, I'm going to keep him at five. I couldn't keep him off the list just because he's Phoenix, right? But, you know, Phoenix gets number five. Number four, I think we're going to go Maya. Maya is such a good character. Uh, Maya is such a good character. We 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 all love Maya. Um, she's awesome. Time to Number go get three. some ramen. <laughs> I uh, interesting thing um, in the anime, it's it's I ramen. Think in the anime, it's ramen. And, and then but in the, the games, game, it's because burgers. of localization, yeah, burgers. <laughs> I always find that I always find that very funny. Um, all right, number three. I think number three, one of my favorite characters. I'm gonna keep Pearl off this list because I already said she's my favorite. So I'm gonna give top five other than Pearl. Um, number three, uh, gotta be Adrian Andrews. Adrian Andrews is one of the best characters Ace Attorney has produced. Just her arc and everything like that. I think that she's really good. Um, number two, gotta be Edgeworth. Gotta be Edgeworth. I mean, Edgeworth is the man. Edgeworth has such development. He's awesome. And then number one, Gumshoe. Gumshoe is just the Dick guy. Gumshoe. Dick Gumshoe. Dick awesome. He's awesome. He he grew on me throughout the trilogy. I gave him like fucking. Hold on, let me let me hold on. Let me let me go to the back of my throat here. I gave him just this little good voice right here. Perfect. Hey, perfect. pal, how you doing? That's perfect. <laughs> that is perfect. I gave Tony, him that, that. That is that is perfect. That's that, what that, I that might him. be perfect. That's, it was just like oh uh, yeah. And every time I did it, I'm like oh that hurt. It hurts. That was that <laughs> of all the it. voices I gave, that one hurt the most, but it was worth it. It's so worth it. Uh okay, moving on to head to head. Two games enter, one game leaves. I figured since you're the Mario guy, we we give we gotta do Mario Galaxy one versus Mario Galaxy two. Oh talk moment. Okay, so I need to know the criteria for this one. Are we going just casual or speedrunning? Either or like um, how about I do both? Okay, casually and speedrunning. Which one wins? So, casually, Galaxy Two wins one hundred percent. I mean, that was actually the the game I played first. That was my first real big experience with Mario, and it just has so many cool levels. It's it's a it's a nine year old's dream. Like that game is a nine year old's dream because it's just Mario incarnate, and it's not like to the point where it's too hard. But also, it has a super guide, which I loved because I was bad at the game when I was younger. And I'm talking like really bad, Tony. I, I, I was really, really bad. And um, with Galaxy 2, there's a super guide. So I would always watch the super guide do the level for me. Um, so casually, I just think it's better. Not to mention there's so much more replayability. Speedrunning, though, and anybody who's a Galaxy... Galaxy 2 speedrunner who listens to this is going to flame me. I like Galaxy 1 better. There's just so much to do in that game speedrunning wise and 2p the addition of the second controller just allows you to do so much there's a second controller in galaxy 2 but it's not as good it doesn't allow you to do as much tech and so that's why i i think galaxy when it comes to speedrunning super mario galaxy 1 wins this one for me tony i think that that's what i'm gonna go with all right okay uh we're now moving on to a brand new segment in the bonus level it's tony's game poll this is a poll that every season going forward will be a different question. So this season, our question is, if Kingdom Hearts 4 was to add a Disney slash Pixar world, what world would you add? I'll do one Disney, one Pixar. That That's that's a tough one. I like Aladdin. I like Aladdin. Do they already have an Aladdin? They do world already or? have Aladdin. Aladdin oh, has dang. been a staple. It was a staple oh. of the first two. Hmm. Let me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna consult the web for this one. <laughs> I'm gonna consult the web for this one. 
I think um I think for if we're going Pixar, I need my Incredibles fix. Okay, Incredibles is valid I because they do not have Incredibles. Incredibles. Fix. I need it, Tony. I need it. That's that's it's a good choice. I, it would it would be an interesting one to see uh Sora and Donald and Goofy interact with. Because it's like, where, where exactly would they go? Would they be on the island in the? I feel like the island with, with and just helping out Mister Incredible fight the, the giant on the ball. droid. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel think like that's maybe how they would have to do it. They could also do the one in the city. I feel like that's probably a little more iconic, but I think either way works as well. Like when they're fighting the Omnidroid, like in the city. Yeah, I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. And uh, do you have one for just Disney properties? I'm trying to find one right now. I think I I don't think so at this okay. point. I, no. I don't think Incredibles so. Incredibles is good enough. One. That's fine with me. <laughs> All right. Uh, with that, our deals of the week this week. Um, just to for people who like free stiff free stuff or stuff on sale. Uh, the epic free games until February fifteenth are Doki Doki Literature Literature Club Plus and Lost Castle. Uh, so be sure to pick those up uh, while they're free. Uh, Steam is having its Lunar New Year sales, and there's a bunch of Lunar New Year sales going on, so be sure to grab those. And also, there's a Final Fantasy sale and a Yakuza sale on Steam as well happening, so be sure to grab those uh, while you can. The achievement of the week isn't like a Dragon Infinite Wealth somewhere over the rainbow, which is to photograph a rainbow in the skies of Hawaii. And the games of the week are Lisfanga, the Time Shift Warrior, and Sons of the Forest. Ooh, Sons of the Forest is funny. My my one of my friends used to play that game in VC all the time, and it would just be so funny. And lastly, the guest game recommendation hex. If there is one game, old or new, that you would recommend, what game would that be? Hmm, that's um, an interesting one. So I'm gonna I'm gonna plug my probably my favorite video game of all time. Uh, you got to play Toontown. Play Toontown. <laughs> Toontown rewritten. Toontown Corporate Clash. That game, God, I love Toontown. Um, Toontown is just so good. It, it sounds like it's only for little kids. No, that game will get you. That game will suck you in. It is good. It's a nice time kill, and it's something that's just so chill, and you just feel no stress while playing Toontown. I love it. All righty. Uh, well, with that, uh, that is everything we got this week in the Game Lounge. Um, Hex, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me, Tony. It's always a pleasure. Where can we find you on the internet? Yeah, so um, I'm on Twitch, Hex Speedruns. That's my main uh, main place that I'm going to be at. I'm also on Discord. My username is Hex Speedruns. Feel free to shoot me a friend request if you want. I'm always down to talk. And Twitter as well. Well, you guessed it, Hex Speedruns. <laughs> and of course, you can find me over on uh, everything as well at Tony's Game Lounge on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Twitch, and YouTube. Uh, just search it up. Uh, that's where you can find us. Also, be sure to like, follow, and share the podcast on whatever streaming platform you're listening to this on that made, yeah that's the right sentence <laughs> uh hex thank you once again for coming out thank you again tony I, I really appreciate it and thank you the listener for tuning in i will be back in two weeks time from now with another episode right back here in the game lounge bye Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Tony's Game Lounge. New episodes release every two weeks. Make sure to follow, like, and share the podcast on your streaming service and follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, and X.